Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Welcome to the house of the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Karibu sana to the Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi podcast. This is Fred Alexander Oyola, the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. Glad to join us. I'm so glad you've decided to join us to listen in. Karibuni and may the Lord bless you. Um, let me just begin as usual with some quick, quick, quick announcements. Our 2021 Bible reading plan. Guys, you're reading the Bible. I hope you're reading. Do you read your Bible? That's the question. Unasoma Biblia. I hope you're reading, man. Read it. Read your Bible and pray every day. If you want to. I can't hear you, Bana. If you want to. <laughs> if you want to grow. We began our Bible reading on the 11th of January. Now we are on Psalms 21. We begin Psalms 21 tomorrow, the Monday, uh, 6th. Oh, the 7th, sorry, 7th of June. We're in the book of Psalms, one of the most beloved books of the Bible. King David is doing his thing, Bana. Amazing stuff. Read the Bible. Tafadali. Turn to your neighbor and read the Bible. <laughs> uh, we have a Bible study on Zoom every after the after we finish every book. And so since you're the book of Psalms, and Psalms will take forever to read and finish. Tomorrow, the 7th of June, on the book of Nehemiah, Bible study. Join us, man. Zoom, 8 p.m. We have some amazing time, some trivia time. We discuss what our highlights are, what the Lord says through the book. So come join us, man. 8 o'clock. Um, last month, we talked about um, the Unashamedly His series. That's what the conversation was. Last month was beautiful. I hope you had time to... Listen to the podcasts all the way from Cynthia Nyemai to Juliet Adhiambo. Those were amazing, amazing guests. The ladies are shining for the Lord, man. So we hope that you're shining the Lord's light through your life. Shine the Lord's light through your life. This month is a new month. You know that? We hope your month has begun well. We are in the month of June. And we have a new sermon series that I've simply titled In the Last Days. God placed it in my heart. To talk about the last days, I was like, oh, Jehovah, I'm going to be those preachers, those end-time preaching, um, shouting men of God and women of God. Oh, can you just do what I ask you to do? In the last days is our series this month. And we are going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 33 to 36. So if you have your Bible, Luke 21, 33 to 36. Uh, 33 to 36. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Um, let me go. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the giddiness of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of all the earth. But keep alert at all times, be attentive and ready, praying that you may have the strength and ability to be found worthy and to escape all the things that are going to take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to talk about your word, 
to discuss it, to study it, to share it with one another. Let our hearts be ready for the deposit of your word and help us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, we all shout, Amen. A lot has happened yeah, in the past few years. Hey, a lot has happened. Some scary and shocking stuff. If you think about it, even in the last couple of years, many, many years, hundreds of years, some things have happened that have shocked us to the core. Do you remember in 1910 when French astronomer Camille Flammarion thought that the Halley's Comet would snuff out all life? Remember? Hmm. Mass hysteria branded Halley's Comet the evil eye of the sky in 1910, prompting the sales of anti-comet pills and gas masks in the event that it hit the planet and triggered an apocalyptic explosion. It harmlessly passed between Earth and the Sun in May of that year, a periodic comet that appears about every 75 years. It passed by again in 1986. And is later to return in 2061. Hmm. Hmm. Things were thick in 1910, man. If you're... <laughs> How many of our listeners are, were born in, in that era? 1910, anyone? <laughs> 90 years later, in the year 2000, to be precise, the Y2K bug caused widespread concern. Remember in 1999, when everyone, everyone was being told to shut down their computers? Hmm. It caused widespread concern that computers around the world will fail and cause the collapse of civilization. Stores sold Y2K emergency kits with non-perishable food before New Year's Day in 2000 when people thought computers that operated government records, utility systems, banks, and anything containing some kind of computer chip would crash and cause apocalyptic chaos. According to Encyclopedia, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, about $300 billion was spent upgrading computer systems to withstand the supposed millennium bug. <laughs> While it didn't prove necessary, it did result in better computer systems. So it kind of, there was a win-win kind of situation there. Guys, these were crazy things. These events were signaling the end of the world, the end of time, the end of things we're used to as we know it. But um, we are always so eager to see, okay, what's next? You know, they are saying now that the next craziness that will happen is internet terrorism, you know? World Wide Web terrorism. Oh, Jehovah protect us all. When the coronavirus hit the world last year, the same fears hit all of us. I know it hit me hard, man. It hit us crazy. It hit us in just diverse ways. How did you process it? Did you at all feel like if you got it, you would die? How are you processing it now? You know, uh, with the advent of the vaccines, at, at least there's hope that even with this, rampant, with this rampant spread in many places still around the world, we can all overcome it. But it's still in our minds, you know. Corona is, is still with us. It, it's not ending. There's variants coming left, right, and center, and we are just like, Jehovah, have mercy. But all these conversations always point us to one thing. Are we really in the last days? The concept of starting and finishing, first and last, beginning and end, birth and death, always places in us a situation of wondering whether really there's an end to the earth. Will the world really come to an end, you know? 
we are born and then we die. Something is new today and then it um, withers off. One minute the um, grass is green, the next it's turned brown and has died off and new grass comes in. Will I really die one day? You know, Have you processed that? How does death feel like for those who have? No wonder we are so intrigued by those who've died and come back to life. And they're like, oh, I saw the light. And I approached it and I went and touched it. And a voice told me, your time is not yet done. Go back, you know. <laughs> the portion of scripture we just read in Luke finds the disciples, the guys who are in the time that Jesus is talking about, right in the same frame of mind. Jesus is almost at the end of his ministry time here on earth. And he's giving the disciples nuggets to help them with their stay after he's gone. He teaches them about the kingdom of God and how it looks like. He teaches them about hypocrisy. He tells them about the destruction of the temple and the suffering that will surround that and also tells them of the last days. Jesus has been telling them he'll die and rise again. But they never truly believe him. He's been telling them the end of the world will come, but they never truly believe him. Now he gives them the final speech. On the happenings of the last days. If you, read, if you read Luke 21, the whole chapter, this is exactly what Jesus does. He begins by telling them that this temple that you see, this beautiful temple, will be in ruins in a few years' time. He tells them in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. But he tells them, just like we've read in the last portion of that um, scripture, that we need to remember that we have to be alert. We have to pray. Because at the end of time, we'll stand before the Son of Man, before himself. So with all that said, are we really in the last days? We must clearly look at the content of what Jesus says because it is both actual as pertains to the times they were in and also prophetic as pertains to the future. Number one, the temple was actually demolished 40 years after Christ's death and resurrection. So he meant that even though he was prophesying, those things, that some, a part of the things he was talking about would happen just in that time. The Roman Empire destroyed it following an uprising by the Jews. Number two, Jesus was talking about the future when he referred to things that will happen before his coming back as he promised. Jesus is coming back again. I hope you know that. And I want to remind you, listener, whoever you are, if you know the Lord, if you do not know the Lord, if you do not know him, I beg you, find time to know him. A lot has been happening for a very long time. Earthquakes have rocked us for years on end. Wars and rumors of wars have been in our ears and in front of our eyes for the longest time. We we are currently experiencing the fighting between Israel and Palestine. And it is some painfully scary stuff. So I ask again, are we really in the last days? Are these the last days as Christ was saying? Are we in the end of times? My answer is yes, I think so. These are the end of times. These are the last days of our lives. What I seriously don't know though, is for how long? So don't send me a message saying, ah, Mchukaji had you saying um, these are the last days. So when is it? Jesus himself said he did not know. Only God the Father knows. 
But with that said, what Jesus tells us to do keenly are the following two things from verse 36. Number one, he tells us to be alert at all times. And then number two, to pray. Alert is from a Greek word which means to be sleepless, to not know sleep on our eyes, to be awake, to be watchful, and to be careful. So when the watchman who guards you is asleep, <laughs> Jesus is telling us that in these last days we must be found alert. Not only in worldly things of making sure we have safes for our cash, insurance and medical covers and escape rooms and hiding spots, but also alert in our spirits, alert in the things of God. We must be alert and not allow sleep in the things of God and in all the warnings he has given us. First Peter 5.8, the Amplified Version says, Be sober, which is well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. Same thing Jesus said. That enemy of you as the devil prowls, which is rest, restlessly searching for prey. That is prowling. He prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Is that you? Has the enemy been prowling around for you? already. For our hearts not to be weighed down, depressed with the a giddiness of debauchery and nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns, falls on you suddenly like a trap, on us like a trap, we must be sober, especially of the devil's prowling. But what will give us the soberness is nothing else but the word of God. Let me say that again. The only thing that gives us the soberness, the alertness, the watchfulness, the no sleep in our eyes is God's word. We must be well balanced and self-disciplined in God's word. Being well balanced and self-disciplined in God's word will bless us abundantly. Let me give an example. To attain cleanliness, we must be well balanced and disciplined in showering. New quality. To attain good health, we must be well-balanced and disciplined in eating well and exercising. To attain a degree, we must be well-balanced and disciplined in schoolwork. To attain financial health, we must be well-balanced and disciplined in our handling of all our monies. To attain alertness in the spirit, in the things of God, we must be well-balanced and disciplined in reading, studying, and meditating in the word of God. God's word will help us, number one, to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What, we, what I love about the Word of God is it will show us when we read it this in, in, a, in a disciplined way. Reveal to us Jehovah. You, you, we see things like he's Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Jehovah Shalom, the peace that surpasses human understanding. He is Jehovah El Shaddai. He is our almighty God. That is Jehovah. We know him. We see his nature, his attributes. We get to understand the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the son, the man, the God who was man, who is man, who came to earth. 
to dwell with us. The word of God helps us to understand who God is. It doesn't leave us there. The word of God help us, helps us know the origin of sin and our sinful selves, our beginning, our end. The word of God does not just reveal God to us. It shows us who we are. And there is no way we can understand who we are without understanding sin. Because sin was us. We are born in sin. Jesus came so that that part of us would be removed. And so because we are born in it, Jesus comes, removes it from us, and then now we have a chance to eternal life. You understand? So we know ourselves. I love the word of God. If we consistently read it, you see how sinful we are. How our flesh is just full of negative craziness. My goodness, our flesh is just crazy. These are some of the things we'll be discussing this month. So the more you read the word of God, the more you understand, Woo-wee, I deserve death. I deserve hell and the grave. But then there is the Lord. And then finally, God's word helps us to know how to pray. And so we must be well balanced and disciplined in God's word for us to get the alertness that God is talking about. But it is amazing that God's word, when we sit with it, when we meditate upon it, studying it day and night, as we are told in scripture, then we will learn how to pray. The disciples knew this. They said, Jesus teaches us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallelujah. Do you know how to pray? Do you know when to pray? Philippians 4, 6 and 7, one of the most favorite verses. The Amplified Version says, Do not be anxious, worried about anything, but in everything, which is every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, will be yours. When you're well balanced and disciplined in prayer, every anxiety and worry in this life will never overwhelm us. God's peace will stand guard over our hearts and minds, alerting us in the process. It's like a shield of protection. Do you pray? Have you prayed? Did you pray today? Have you opened your mouth to say Jehovah or your heart to say Jesus, I need you? Do you talk to him? Finally, I know we'll say, but pastor, reading God's word and prayer is really difficult. It's hard, man. I've tried. Nimejaribu. I've been lagging behind for so long. I don't remember the last time I opened my Bible. It is just gathering dust. I don't even know where it is. I have beef with the Lord. You know, Jehovah has not been kind to me. I lost somebody on um, last month or last year in, in COVID. Um, I know a friend who's suffering from COVID. Jehovah has not been very kind to me. So, ah. But I still feel that I, I love him, you know. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 tells us the following. Let us consider thoughtfully 
how we might encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. You see that? We must fellowship with other believers because at times we are so discouraged to be well balanced and disciplined in Bible reading and prayer. Life happens. When it happens, sometimes it is very difficult to even get to open God's word and believe it for yourself. That's where fellowship comes in with other believers. They must be believers. There we find others stronger in the season. And as such, they encourage us and vice versa. Then one day, once you encourage another one, it will be a turn to encourage them. No, they, when they encourage you, it will be a turn to encourage them. The book of Ecclesiastes informs us in chapter 4 that two are better than one and that a cord of three is not quickly broken. Fellowship with other believers strengthens our resolve into the being well-balanced and disciplined in reading the Bible and praying. Do you have a Bible study group? Let me ask that again. Do you have a Bible study group? You need to get one. You don't need a big one. And just be you and your friend who knows the scripture or who you want to grow within the scriptures. Consider joining us. Consider joining us. We have a Bible study group. Every Monday at 8 p.m. or every other Monday at 8 p.m., depending on where we are in the Bible. Or have one with a friend that works for you. Maybe it's a colleague in the office. I know a friend who used to have a colleague that they study the Bible with over lunch hour, about 15 minutes. They take a couple of verses and talk about it. Do you have a prayer partner? Yeah, I'll ask again. Do you have a prayer partner? Someone to hold you up in prayer when you are down and vice versa. Consider strongly to have one. That way will be balanced and disciplined in our hearts and minds. That way, we'll be alert at all times. We'll be alert in these last days. May that be our portion, the portion of alertness and prayer as we fend off the enemy in these last days. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the word, for the word and for the time. Help us to be alert in these last days, at all times. Help us to pray, even when we don't feel like praying. In Jesus' name. Amen. See you next time. God bless you.